Darkness is not an affirmative force. It simply reoccupies the space vacated by the light. This is the Hamilton Quarter on American Family Radio. It should be uncomfortable for a believer to live as a hypocrite. Delivering people out of the bondage of mainstream media and the philosophies of this world. God has called you and me to be his ambassadors. Even in this dark moment, let's not miss our moment. And now, the Hamilton Corner. And good Tuesday evening, everyone. Fred Jackson sitting in for Brother Abe again this evening. Pleasure to do so on this another busy news day. I, you know, I say that when I introduce programs here at American Family Radio. Um, I don't think there's been a quiet news day in a long, long time. Uh, but much to talk about today. And uh, top of the news, as it's been over the last uh, two or three days for sure, is Hurricane Sally. And if you're listening to us tonight on our stations along the Gulf Coast of Mississippi, Mobile, Alabama, well, uh, the rain has already arrived and you're well aware of that. Hurricane Sally moving at about two miles per hour. Now, so this is not a wind event, they say. It is rain. And we are talking about upwards of 30 inches of rain coming down uh, as this thing crawls towards the shore. Supposed to come ashore sometime early tomorrow morning, maybe up to noon or so. But that's a huge problem. Uh, Hurricanes, I remember Hurricane Laura a few weeks ago, really blew into Louisiana and moved along very quickly up to Arkansas within hours. Uh, But now this Hurricane Sally, different kind of beast altogether, uh, it's ready to come ashore. They're saying that uh, uh, New Orleans is going to escape most of this. So what we're talking about is Biloxi, Mississippi, the Gulf Shores, Orange Beach in that area, over to Pensacola, over to Destin. But it looks like around Biloxi, that sort of thing, that's going to be where the eye comes ashore. As I say, it's already been raining down there, already flooding conditions along that coastal highway there. Uh, So I want to remember those folks in prayer. It looks like what's going to happen with this, as it does literally crawl along, it's going to make a turn to the east-northeast. And so Birmingham, Alabama is going to get some of this. Uh, it'll be down uh, to a tropical storm by this, but Atlanta, Charlotte, North Carolina, I'm not through. That's the track that they're predicting right now. But for the next 24 to 48 hours, I'll tell you what, uh, it is going to be a flooding situation, particularly along those coastal communities, Mississippi, Alabama, into the panhandle of Florida. So uh, remember these folks in prayer, uh, certainly, and uh, the teams that will be coming in to help out once this Hurricane Sally moves along. Some of the same teams that are still busy uh, in Lake Charles, Louisiana, in the wake of Hurricane Laura just a few weeks ago there. Teams like Eight Days of Hope that uh, I know our listeners are very familiar with, Samaritan's Purse, and others uh, that are very much involved in helping those dear folks in Lake Charles and other Louisiana communities. Uh, But knowing Steve Tiber of Eight Days of Hope, they're already talking about how can we help out uh, in the next week or so, the early helping out uh, flood victims along the coast. So be praying for those folks. As I say, uh, Sally coming ashore, they're saying has a Cat 1 now. Those are going to be a Cat 2. Going to be a Cat 1 as it comes ashore. Uh, But the dumping of rain, as I say, up to 30 inches in some of those communities. So 
Uh, we'll be keeping an eye on that and keep you up to date uh, as this uh, goes on over the next few days. Well, at the White House today, a major, major ceremony, much pomp and ceremony uh, there at the White House, and what's being called an historic agreement between Israel and two Gulf Arab uh, nations, United Arab Emirates and Bahrain. This is what it sounded like earlier today. Trump, of course, and the Trump administration have been working on this for months. And uh, today was the the capping of this. Uh, President Trump had these words to say, cut number 14. For generations, the people of the Middle East have been held back by old conflicts, hostilities, lies, treacheries, so many things held them back. Actually lies that the Jews and Arabs were enemies and that Al-Aqsa Mosque was under attack. Constantly, they would say it was under attack. These lies passed down from generation to generation, fueled a vicious cycle of terror and violence that spread across the region and all over the world. These agreements prove that the nations of the region are breaking free from the failed approaches of the past. Today's signing sets history on a new course, and there will be other countries very, very soon that will follow these great leaders. All right. Uh, obviously, a very optimistic tone uh, coming from President Trump. Also, optimism coming from the Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, who was there for the signing ceremony there at the White House earlier today. Certainly, if you know the history uh, of Israel, and I mean, we're talking going back to Old Testament times, uh, Israel has always been surrounded by enemies. And from time to time, they have had allies, whether in Egypt, uh, Jordan, uh, most in more recent history. But always there has been that threat of this tiny nation of Israel and the Jewish people. But today, Benjamin Netanyahu, the prime minister of Israel, also voicing an optimistic tone, much like uh, President Trump, about what this agreement means. Cut number 13. This day is a pivot of history. It heralds a new dawn of peace. For thousands of years, the Jewish people have prayed for peace. For decades, the Jewish state has prayed for peace. And this is why today we're filled with such profound gratitude. All right. Uh, so from all parties, uh, there were also, also uh, spokespeople, obviously, for Bahrain and the United Arab Emirates. But, you know, um, there's a word of caution here. Uh, you heard the president talk about other nations coming in, other nations that might include Saudi Arabia and uh, a few other nations there. And there's, there's a debate about, because there have been peace pacts before, go back to the Camp David Accord many, many years ago. Many of us remember that. And the question some people have, will this last? And what does it mean? For instance, Saudi Arabia. In school books in Saudi Arabia, even tonight, as we're talking about this, school books in Saudi Arabia still teach kids hatred of the Jewish people. So, can you have a nation... And if Saudi Arabia is one of those five that the president talked about, President Trump talked about, 
can you really have peace when you still have supposed allies? Because uh, let's face it, we, we, the United States, sell weapons to Saudi Arabia. The Palestinians, of course, are complaining. Palestinian people are complaining, saying this, this does nothing for them. They had an opportunity to enter into a peace agreement with Israel. They rejected it because they want a big portion of Jerusalem as their capital. That's one thing. But also Palestinian kids are taught hatred against the Jewish people. So the idea of peace in the region, this may be a start, but I think there are very valid questions about whether this will actually lead to peace. As I say, and and Prime Minister Netanyahu made note of this, for thousands of years there's been this tension. Now, if there is peace between Israel, United Arab Emirates, and Bahrain, that's a good thing. There's going to be trade agreements, diplomatic relationships between the two, and that's fine uh, as it goes. But Israel remains in a very hostile neighborhood, and I think we have to be very much aware of that. So we'll be seeking some more reaction to this as the uh, over the next few days on this. But I, I think there is a legitimate discussion to be held as to whether this, given the history of that area of the world, whether this will bring in the kind of peace that today we saw the optimistic tones from Trump, from Netanyahu, and from the representatives of the uh, UAE and Bahrain. We'll see what happens. All right, uh, we have a few minutes before we go to the break. There was also other news today. We talked about earlier the, today about Kamala Harris on the Biden-Harris ticket. She was in Arizona yesterday. She was doing a town hall there. And uh, was it a Freudian slip that she made? Well, you have a listen to what she had to say about the ticket. Cut number five need to make sure you have a president in the White House who actually sees you, who understands your needs, who understands the dignity of your work, and who has your back. A Harris administration together with Joe Biden as the president of the United States, the Biden-Harris administration will have access, provide access to $100 billion in low-interest loans and investments for minority business owners. Did she say Harris administration? She said Harris administration. Surely it was just a slip of the tongue. My, you know, that, 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 that'd be embarrassing. I wonder how Joe Biden responded to that. Well, let's have a listen. Joe Biden was down in Florida today and down there to try to solicit more Latina voters. But listen to what Joe Biden had to say. Cut number 12. Harris-Biden administration is going to relaunch that effort and keep pushing further to make it easier for military spouses and veterans to find meaningful careers, to ensure teachers know how to support military children in their classrooms, and to improve support for caregivers and survivors so much more than we do now. Harris-Biden administration? All right. So Kamala Harris, you might say, that's just a slip of the tongue yesterday, you know. But then Joe Biden talks about a Harris-Biden ticket today. Now, this is just going to feed (laughs) the discussion that's been had over the last couple of months that Joe Biden 
who is at the top of the ticket, at least formally he is, that Joe Biden is just a placeholder. And what the Democrats really want is they're hoping Biden to be seen as a moderate. They win the election, the Democrats, and a few months in, Biden says, you know what, I'm 77 years old. I really don't need the heaviness of this office. So Kamala Harris, Senator Harris, you come on in and you take over. That's what's been speculated, folks. Given Joe Biden's mental health, and we've all heard the many, many, many examples that indicate that he has problems, that really all the Democratic Party did is that they knew Bernie Sanders couldn't win the election for them because he's perceived as being too, too, too radical. So let's put Joe Biden in there to help us perhaps win the election, and then Kamala Harris takes over. Now, for Kamala Harris to say the Harris administration yesterday, to Joe Biden to say today the Harris-Biden ticket, it really does lead one to start believing that these two individuals know what the upper echelon of the party is talking about. They're talking about exactly what folks, conservatives, have been speculating, that there is a plan afoot, that Joe Biden doesn't last very long as the president. He goes off happily into retirement and Kamala Harris. But for the two of them to make the same mistake, mistake, for two of them to make the same statements within 24 hours of each other. If, if, one of, if, if Joe Biden had said what he said today all by himself, you could say, okay, there's just another slip of the tongue from Joe Biden. But for Kamala Harris to talk about the Harris administration, and I think she very quickly pivoted, wait a, wait a minute, with Joe Biden as president, well, that's not the way you word things. You talk about the Trump administration now. You would talk about the Biden administration. But to say the Harris administration? I just think that plays into this speculation that there is a plan afoot by the Democratic Party. We will wait and see. Is politics fun? It really is. Uh, but we'll have to wait and see what's going on here. All right. You're listening to The Hamilton Corner. Fred Jackson sitting in for Abe tonight. Much more ahead. Our reporter, Chris Woodward, no relation to Bob Woodward, is going to join us in just a few minutes. Much more ahead here on The Hamilton Corner. Be back in a second. And now, your two-minute health and prayers update from the Presidential Prayer Team, a ministry of the Pray First Radio Network. Uh, Dr. Box, if you'd start us off with uh, your updates and share with us, you know, you, you rolled out the map, the color-coded map, statewide map uh, that was going to go live today. Thank you, Governor. Good afternoon, Hoosiers. As I noted last week, we are on track to have more than 1,200 contact tracers around the state between state, state centralized contact tracing operation and the local health department contact tracers. The work these folks do is critical to keeping Hoosiers safe. They ask people who have tested positive where they've been in the days before they started showing symptoms. And they ask who you've been in contact with, that's six feet, so that we can notify those individuals that they need to quarantine for 14 days. 
Hello, this is Jim Bolthouse, president of the Pray First Radio Network. During these times of uncertainty, we're here for you with current information about the COVID-19 virus, as well as important prayer points to guide you in prayer at a time when our country needs it most. Deuteronomy 31.8 reminds us that even in difficult times, we are not alone. The Lord himself goes before you and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. We'd like to invite you right now to join us in prayer. Dear God, give us the encouragement we need and help us to remember this. Although we may not understand everything in the present, we must remain faithful and confident as your mysteries unfold in our daily lives. Help us to remember we are indeed part of your greater plan. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. To access free prayer resources that guide you in prayer and to see updates about the COVID-19 virus, go to pausetopray.org. A judge in Nevada said that casinos had more rights than churches do. The culture war rages in America. We have to be very, very suspicious of this transition in our society that's being forced on us by um, movements like Black Lives Matter and Antifa. It's a threat to our families, a threat to our future as a nation. And so what we see happening in our society is the empowerment of the spiritual darkness that will allow the slaughter of children. Hosted by Walker Wildman, the upcoming AFA at Home Virtual Town Hall brings vital insight from defenders of the faith, Dr. Richard Land, Star Parker, Abraham Hamilton III, Sandy Rios, the Benham Brothers, and Tim Barton. AFA at Home streams live Thursday, October 8th at 7 p.m. Central at afaaction.net. Register for free at afaaction.net. This is a spiritual battle, and we all are required to toe the line and take a stand. Shining light into the darkness, this is the Hamilton Corner on American Family Radio. And indeed, welcome back to the Hamilton Corner. Fred sitting in for Abe today. You know, you may not be aware, uh, but there is a place where you can go and get a great summary of the day's news from a Christian perspective, and that is onenewsnow.com, a website we're mighty proud of here at American Family Radio, and uh, a website that was started many years ago by our founder, Brother Don Wildman, and uh, what a terrific idea, because we were discussing one day the fact that our reporters at American Family Radio News were producing all these stories and going out over the air, and that is great, Uh, but uh, what about a place where people could go and read about them at their leisure. And so One News Now was created, and one of the reporters that does a lot of contributing to One News Now is our own Chris Woodward, and Chris joins us in the studio right now. Hello. Yes. Now, one of the things that's that's really good about uh, having One News Now is on the radio side, Mm -hmm. Chris, we're really restricted. We have four-and-a-half-minute newscasts, so our reporters have to keep their stories fairly short. Mm Mm-hmm. But when you have a print cousin, we'll call it, One News Now, you can expand on those stories, and I know you do. Yes, thank you very much. Yeah, uh, for those that are not aware, our top-of-the-hour newscasts on American Family News or American Family Radio, those run 4 minutes and 29 seconds with music at the beginning and the end, Mm -hmm. which means our staff stories can only be so long. 
Fred, praise God, gives us 90 seconds max to cover stories. But if you do go to onenewsnow.com, you'll get that story in print, plus a few more nuggets, I like to call it. Mm -hmm. Uh, I like to include, as as far as my articles go, I like to include some things, uh, maybe some new angles or additional information, more comments from the people that we're interviewing. Uh, Oftentimes, too, you'll find more comments from additional sources. Uh, Jody Brown, who was a guest on today's issues this morning, and Billy Davis, uh, they will put uh, other comments, um, uh, what we call sidebars, mm-hmm. on the side of an article. So what you hear on the radio version is not all we're covering. There's a lot more uh, voices that contribute to these stories. So check it out at onenewsnow.com. Uh, I cover things on a daily basis. Steve Jordahl, Charlie Butts, Chad Groening, and a whole host of others. Yeah, and we go a step further with our One News Now product. We offer a daily news brief. Yeah, and uh, I, I tell you what, if you go to onenewsnow.com right now, you will see right up at the top of the site, there is a, a banner there mm-hmm. that you can click on. And uh, go ahead and click on that banner, and you will find that it's so simple to sign up for this daily news brief. Correct. Monday to Friday, uh, we send out a list of our top stories mm-hmm. from our reporters. Talk a little bit about yeah, that. Yeah, I'll save you the four minutes and 29 seconds. <laughs> if you go and sign up for that, you can uh, check it out and, and find the stories that we're covering. This is not the only stories we have that particular day, mm-hmm. but these are our top stories if you want to look at it that way. Um, and it's a list that Jody and others compile. We'll email you in the afternoon at some point, generally, and that'll give you half, half a dozen stories or more sometimes. Uh, of various things that we've covered as far as national security, health, science and tech, culture, church, uh, religious uh, persecution, things of that nature. Yeah, it's called the Daily News Brief. Uh, So simple to sign up. Just give us your first name, last name, your email address, Mm -hmm. and we make a promise to you folks. We are not going to sell your email uh, address. We're not going to do that. That's not what we're about. Mm -hmm. It is a Monday through Friday product. You'll only get one email a day from us. It is a singular list. Uh, it's not even shared across any of our other platforms. Right. Here. So we're not going to pester you. A lot of folks, they are really reluctant to sign up for mm-hmm. these kinds of things because uh, I'm just going to keep getting a string of emails from you guys all day long for all kinds of products and that mm-hmm. sort of thing. That is not what this is about. Yes, and also we do not make you pay to read our Articles. Yes, that's right. Which is, uh, you know, as a millennial, I just want to spend the next hour and a half complaining about that. Paywalls. Right. Uh, <laughs> we do not make you pay to read articles. Um, no. and, and Lord willing, we'll never have to based on uh, the, you know, the grace that uh, people give us through their donations and our various shareathons and whatnot. So, yeah. Now, also, be sure to check out um, the website because these, again, are just kind of a compilation of our top stories. We do update things throughout the day, overnight, even. Mm-hmm. Um, so please visit onenewsnow.com often because uh, the information that you get in an email will not be the only stories. And I don't know that we've covered this uh, this week, but I, I find it um, something that should be worth sharing. Um, uh, one of the states where we tend to get a lot of clicks in terms of our um, emails, California. Mm-hmm. You know, California gets written off as this or that, and mm-hmm. there's reasons for that more often than not. But there are people in California that want to hear the news, the actual news, real news, stories that matter, things mm-hmm. like that. And through the uh, generosity of our donors uh, at American Family Association, we're helping to inform people in a state that needs information. They need the actual truth. Yeah, and I've been talking about this week how important it is uh, what your source of news is. 
Uh, sadly, there are many uh, Christians uh, who go to CNN and MSNBC to get their daily news. Well, folks, um, if you don't know it already, CNN and MSNBC and other networks are very hostile mm-hmm. to Christian values, very hostile. Uh, when they talk about abor- abortion, for instance, they talk about it in a very positive mm-hmm. sense. Right. And what you're going to see stories there, their perspective is uh, threats to ending uh, abortion are terrible things. We are unapologetic on that front with regards to being pro-life right. and pro-Bible yeah, and when, it comes to ab- right. when it comes to the unborn. You know, some pro-lifers like the term anti-abortion, mm. uh, but more often than not, most people that are opposed to abortion or want restrictions for this and that like to refer to themselves as pro-life. And that's one of the things that you're seeing a lot with mainstream media. Things are referred to as anti-abortion or you're anti-LGBTQ and things like that. I love everybody. <laughs> Jesus loved me, and I love everybody because he died for all of us. Mm-hmm. You're going to find stories like that and comments like that when you do visit OneNewsNow.com. Amen. Your worldview is shaped largely by where you get your information, folks. And I often uh, say and tell people, too, that uh, if you're a pastor, if you're a Sunday school teacher, getting this daily news brief is great. And we have some stipulations, but you can take our stories and say, put them in your church bulletin. Yeah, as a producer, I have to say, we we search through websites and news sites all day long. And Mm -hmm. the one thing that I love about One News Now, you don't have those annoying pop-up ads and all kinds of distractions, Mm -hmm. uh, the read more kind of tricks that they get more clicks through. It's just a real clean site, easy to read. Absolutely. So uh, get the, the daily news brief. Once again, all you have to do, if you go to the site right now, click on that top banner. And uh, very simply, put your name in, put your email address, and uh, you will start getting those. Uh, you'll get a confirmation email from us mm-hmm. that that your the application for this has been accepted, and uh, away you go. I you will not regret it, folks. It's free, it's once a day, and it's a great summary from news from a Christian perspective. Indeed, amen. Yeah, it's it's a great honor to be able to do uh, things like this. I actually. Uh, one of the things you can listen for tomorrow involves a, a prayer meeting that's planned for Plymouth, Massachusetts next month. Mm-hmm. Uh, this involved uh, Pastor Carter Conlin from one of the churches up in the New York City area, but he was on Washington Watch with Tony Perkins. They got a big uh, pr- prayer event going on in Plymouth. This year happens to be the 400th anniversary of the Pilgrims landing at Plymouth. And so as a result of that, they're going to do a prayer meeting. You're not going to find things like that on other websites. There are, uh, Fox News does cover what they call good news. They have a guy named Caleb Park, does a fantastic job at covering hashtag good news mm-hmm. kind of stories. Uh, but uh, you're, you're not going to find a lot of that uh, by going to some of the mainstream outlets. Now, one of the things that you do for us, Chris, is cover the environmental yes. beat. And uh, our perspective on that is, uh, you might surprise you, quite different from the left. And uh, there's been a story breaking about that in the last 24 hours. Yes. Uh, Democratic Party presidential or perhaps now vice presidential nominee Joe Biden uh, <laughs> was at uh, he, he got out of the he got out of his house yesterday and they took him to uh, what appeared to be a wheat field somewhere in the state of Delaware. <laughs> and he was standing out there and he was using that as an opportunity to point to the western wildfires in California, Oregon and Washington state. And also with Hurricane Sally bearing down on the Gulf states, he wanted to use that as an opportunity to once again sound the alarm over what Mr. Biden thinks is man-made climate change or global warming. Biden is also of the opinion that President Trump has not helped this problem and that if we, the people, reelect Donald Trump, it's only going to get more worse. Clip eight. 
Wildfires are burning the suburbs in the West. Floods are wiping out suburban neighborhoods in the Midwest. Hurricanes are imperiling suburban life along our coast. If we have four more years of Trump's climate denial, how many suburbs will be burned in wildfires? How many suburban neighborhoods will have been flooded out? How many suburbs will have been blown away in superstorms? If you give a climate arsonist four more years in the White House, why would anyone be surprised if we have more America blaze? Now, I, I did not realize that President Trump had that kind of power. Yeah. He, d- he decides where the hurricanes are going. He does. And, and the damage that's going to be done and when the wildfires are going to start. That, that I, d- I know the president is powerful, but yeah. I didn't know it was that. Well, see, this is one of the things that I, I love about my job now because we take that story and you begin the story with what Joe says and then you work in the yeah but as I like to call it (laughs) in other mainstream news outlets all you're going to get is what Biden said and some scientist that agrees with him and that's all you get right which is why a lot of people are freaked out over this stuff so here's the yeah but that I got from a climate change skeptic Mark Morano clip nine well I mean Biden has gone full climate astrology I mean this is unscientific gibberish President Obama in 2012 basically said the same thing. You know, you, you, the weather is more extreme, and in this election, you can do something about it. And by the way, voters reelected Obama, but guess what? We still had extreme weather, so I guess we didn't get to do anything about it. Well, Biden today, first of all, climate denier is passe. Now you're a climate arsonist unless you support the scientific claims of Al Gore and the United Nations. So what they're doing now is Biden is basically saying, vote for me for better weather. Now, you can find more on this story and then some by going to onenewsnow.com. Look for the picture of Joe standing in front of the wheat field. Something else that stood out to me regarding this story. uh, You know how in in recent weeks and months, Steve's covered these kinds of topics, how Biden is really reaching and he's he's resonating in, in, in the suburbs with white evangelical women and things like that. How many times in that soundbite did he say suburbs or suburban? I mean, I I could be wrong, but mm. it seems to me that Mr. Biden is using that opportunity to politicize hurricanes, wildfires, and floods, and also try to reach out to people in the burbs. Yeah, I'm absolutely shocked that he would do that. Uh, the other little ingredient that's missing in all of this mm-hmm. is um, I think there were hurricanes when Joe Biden and Barack Obama were at the White House. I think there were wildfires right. then. Uh, so obviously they had eight years to do all the things that Joe Biden said he would do if he's elected president, mm-hmm. uh, but they didn't accomplish yes. that. And, you know, look, if he has the money to buy these things and he wants to move his family into these houses, that's his decision. But that's the same Barack Obama that warned about sea level rise and people mm. living in giant houses and driving SUVs and all these other things. And then he moves his house into a ginorm- He moves his family into a ginormous house on Martha's Vineyard near water. Yeah, I don't think he's too concerned about the rising water there. He does not appear to be. He doesn't appear to be. All right, so that's a great example of the kind how we treat stories. Yes. We, we take what these politicians are saying. And listen, we're not beholden to any political party. Let's be very clear about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were times when uh, George W. Bush was in the White House that we did stories critical. Sure. Uh, we felt that George W. Bush didn't do a whole lot with regards to... Uh, you know, ending abortion mm-hmm. in this country. In fact, he was afraid to go to the pro-family marches that were held in Washington, D.C. Very different with uh, Vice President Pence, 
and President Trump. Correct. They now, are not ashamed. Yeah, I, I don't know that these stories are still available. Um, I think if you did a search for them, you would find them. But I've interviewed Mark Moreno before about his criticism of the Trump administration's approach to climate change. Mm-hmm. Yes, we got out of the Paris Climate Accord, but we're still involved in climate change talks and efforts and panels and boards and agencies and all these other things. We're still funding organizations that have been sounding the alarm over this. So Mark Moreno has taken uh, opportunities before to um, share his concern about, you know, that. Um, right. So, you know, it's not just Biden we're beating up on here. All right. Uh, Trump, he said similar things about Mr. Trump. All right, Mr. Chris, thank you so much. Thank Chris you. Woodward from American Family Radio News. And just once again, uh, you can get these stories that we've been talking about at onenewsnow.com. And uh, a daily news brief, just go and sign up there. Put your email address in there, and we will send it to you on a daily basis, Monday through Friday. Well, one other interesting story before we go to our break today. And the headline on this, Arrested Lancaster Rioters See Bail Set at $1 Million. Now, why is that story important? Because one of the big stories coming out of the riots in Portland and Seattle and other Democrat-controlled cities is, uh, yes, some of these rioters may have been arrested, but... Here's what happened, folks. They were uh, taken off to jail, but then they're let out the next day and they're not facing prosecution. Not the case in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. People were arrested there after they rioted. And the incident there, you may remember, in the last few days, uh, was a guy charging towards a police officer with a huge knife. Police officer defends himself, shoots and kills this guy. And there are riots in the street against uh, police, alleged police brutality. Not the case at all. But now some of these rioters, several of them, are facing bail of up to $1 million each. So kudos to the authorities in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, where finally they are taking seriously their obligation to go after these people, these rioters. And I tell you what, they did a lot of damage there. It's absolutely amazing. They've been able to get away with this kind of thing in so many other places. But in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, they're taking these mob rioters seriously. They're not going to let them destroy more stores the next night by letting them out. They're being kept in jail. It's absolutely amazing. One of the fathers of one of these rioters was quoted today. They said, my daughter was just there to be a medic. That's all she was doing. She was just there to be a medic. How unfair it is that she's being held on a million dollars bail. All right. Want to hear from you when we come back. 888-589-8840 is the number to call. 888-589-8840. The number to call. All the stories we've been talking about today. And we'd like to hear your opinion on them. 888-589-8840. We'll listen to you when we come back. Right after the break here at the Hamilton Corner in just a few minutes. In Ventura County, they are prohibiting the church from meeting. Focal point. You can do secular stuff, that's fine. But if you're going to start providing spiritual nutrition, that's a horse of a different color. With Brian Fisher. People can receive counseling to find work, but they cannot be counseled to find eternal life. Weekdays at 1 Central on American Family Radio. Obviously, everything in the world wrong with that. 
The president, having been in the audience when he's speaking, if you want to make him sound foolish and shallow, then you pick out those things that he says that are, you know, where he's like a brawler. But, you know, mixed in with all of that are some very thoughtful, common sense, profound statements. He has that, what we call in the entertainment field, the Q factor. You notice people, you notice them in a room, you notice them in a crowd, and that's what President Trump has. Sandy Rios in the morning, weekdays at 7 Central on American Family Radio. How social justice is corrupting the faith. This is David Wheaton, host of The Christian Worldview. By sheer numbers, evangelical Christians are the key voting demographic in the upcoming presidential election, which explains why there is so much effort to persuade them to vote a certain way. The useful issue to lure evangelicals to vote for Democrats is social justice. When the left speaks about justice, equality, and racial reconciliation, some Christians mistakenly think they mean biblical values. To the left, social justice means gaining power and marginalizing Christianity, which they view as the source of injustice. Heed Peter's warning that there will also be false teachers among you who will secretly introduce destructive heresies. Hear more at thechristianworldview.org and then tune in this weekend for another topic that will sharpen your worldview. Listen to The Christian Worldview with David Wheaton, Saturday mornings at 8 Central on American Family Radio. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starnes with news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. Americans were determined to never forget what the Muslim radicals did to our nation on September 11, 2001. In response, Americans embraced the red, white, and blue. At Baylor University, the young conservatives of Texas started a tradition, posting 3,000 American flags on campus in memory of those who lost their lives on that terrible day. No political messages, no religious messages, just American flags. But apparently, the presence of all those flags turned out to be a triggering event to students at the Texas University. The school's student activities department posted a sign advising people of sensitive content. What in the world's going on at Baylor? They were supposed to be a conservative school, a Christian school, a patriotic school. Then again, Harvard and Yale were founded to train up preachers, and we all know how that turned out. Be sure to listen to my daily radio show live noon to 3 Eastern or download my free podcast at toddstearns.com. <laughs> The Hamilton Quarter Podcast and one-minute commentaries are available at AFR.net. Back to the Hamilton Quarter on American Family Radio. And indeed, welcome back to the Hamilton Quarter. Fred Jackson sitting in for Abe today. Hey, listen, uh, we're celebrating here. The Hamilton Corner now being carried on WARZ-TV in North Carolina, which covers most of North Carolina, found there on Channel 34. Uh, played back at 6 a.m. Monday through Friday. Now, Jeff, you didn't tell me about this, and uh, you know, until yesterday, and I forgot my makeup again. So, <laughs> uh, you know, sorry about that, folks. Uh, I have a great face for a radio. That's what I've been told. A great face for a radio. So, yes, welcome W A R Z TV in North Carolina. Uh, great to have you with us, and great to be part of your programming there. 
in that great state of North Carolina. All right, let's go to our phones, 888-589-8840, the number to call. And let's head first to Arkansas, and we welcome Michael. Good evening, Michael. Hey, how are you gentlemen doing? We're doing fine. All right, I just have a couple of quick statements, and then I'll get off the line and okay. respond. Um, I think people are not addressing the fact that most of what's going on now is due to uh, spirits. You know, Black Lives Matter saying that they're conjuring spirits, and then everything is treated with drugs nowadays. Nobody looks to God. You know, that's a form of sorcery. And then the nation has become to fear, which, you know, biblically tells you fear is a spirit. Mm. And the other quick thing is I'm usually an independent, but I'm voting for Trump because I, I personally think the Democrats are going to try to steal the election. Yeah, there's a, a lot of speculation. Michael, we appreciate your call on that. A couple of things. Yeah, I, th- I think this election uh, really does represent spiritual warfare in our country. There's, there's no question. There was a time many years ago when the two parties were actually not that far apart, uh, that they shared some fiscal concerns, you know, about things. And I remember there were Democrats that were very pro-life in their point of view. Uh, but that has all changed. And I remember, what was it, 2012, the Democrat convention, I think it was in Charlotte, North Carolina, where there was a debate on the floor about including God in their platform. And to me, that was incredible. And now, of course, we've moved beyond that, where we have Democrats that are ashamed uh, to mention the word God, uh, you know, in the, in the Pledge to Allegiance. It's It's just amazing what has happened. So you have a a distinction now, a distinction, a political distinction, I think driven by, I, I believe it is biblical values. Uh, I don't think we've had in recent years a more pro-life president than President Trump. There's just no question about that. He has made good on his promises, done his level best. The moving of the embassy, a U.S. embassy in Israel from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. Other presidents, uh, Republican and Democrat, have promised that for years, but it never happened. So there is reason to believe that when President Trump says, this is what I will do, we now have three and a half to four years to prove he has done his level best to do that. Do you realize that on the platform of the Democratic Party, there is a desire, at least in their plans, to decriminalize coming into our country illegally? They want to stop that. That'll just open the borders completely. I mean, there, there's a distinction right there. And uh, you don't have a country, folks, unless you have borders, secure borders. That's uh, as plain and simple. So I think at least there is no excuse this time about, well, I'm, I'm not sure because the parties are, are somewhat similar. No, they're not. They're very different. All right. To our phones again, to Doug in Oklahoma. Good evening, Doug. Go ahead. Pardon? Yeah, go ahead, Doug. I, have I, what, sir? Yeah, okay. I think, Doug, maybe you want to try it back on another line there. All right, uh, Texas. Tom, good evening. Go ahead. Hey, uh, I just had a question. I just I was listening on the news about the uh, peace accord that was signed in Washington today. Yes, sir. And I saw where that um, when Obama was elected president, he received the Nobel Peace Prize for establishing peace there. Well, when is President Trump going to get his Nobel Peace Prize? <laughs> good question. 
uh, just that's a, that's an interesting question because actually Obama was offered a peace, uh, the Nobel Peace Prize, like within two weeks after he was inaugurated. He had done nothing, nothing at all. Uh, President Trump has now been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize by a Norwegian lawmaker, and it is in connection with what happened today at the White House. So at least you can argue that President Trump is being nominated based on something he actually did versus Barack Obama, who got nominated. I mean, it was it was like, we think he's going to do a good job, so let's nominate him for a Peace Prize. That's like getting a paycheck before you start the job. You know, are, are we crazy? But, you know... Take it if you go back to 2007, the world was infatuated by Barack Obama. Remember, he went to Europe uh, in in the midst of the campaign, and like there were a hundred thousand people that showed up at a rally. And remember, he's campaigning for the president of the United States, and there's something like a hundred thousand people showed up. He was a hero, and I think it was because. He reflected the worldview of so many around the world that what we need is somebody is going to bring peace. Now, peace at a cost, peace at a cost, that he was willing to uh, make friends. Now, we saw what Barack Obama did once he got into office. He sent a pallet of cash to Iran, a terrorist-sponsoring nation, under the guise that they promised that they would stop developing nuclear weapons. Yeah, that worked out really well. Uh, they're, 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 he's sending pallets, I mean, we're talking hundreds of millions of dollars in cash to Iran, a country that absolutely hates Israel, who is, uh, has stated boldly that it is their goal to destroy the nation of Israel, to destroy the Jewish people. Now, that's what Barack Obama did in the name of Middle East peace. Uh, Didn't really work out because his plan didn't have the blessing of God. That is for sure. As we discussed off the top of the program today, we discussed this agreement our caller was talking about uh, that was signed today. I'm not sure that's going to result in Middle East peace. There was much optimism there today. No question about that. And we'll see if there's diplomatic relations that work between the United Arab Emirates, Bahrain, and Israel. That's a good thing. Uh, But as we talked about, I'm not sure uh, if Saudi Arabia is on the list to join that down the road a little bit. Um, The terrorists of 9-11, most of them came from Saudi Arabia. Let us be very clear about that. And uh, the Palestinians aren't going to join. Hamas is not going to want to be part of that that controls the Gaza Strip. In fact, when they were signing this document, the signing this document in Washington today, their air raid sil- uh, sil- uh, sirens were going off in Israel, uh, probably coming in from Gaza- the Gaza Strip. Uh, Syria's on Israel's doorstep. Lebanon with Hezbollah's on Israel's doorstep. So. Um, the idea of Middle East peace, I, I think, is a bit of a stretch. And I'm not trying to be pessimistic about this, just trying to be realistic based on the history. Based on the history. I remember Netanyahu talking about, you know, people worried about uh, living in violent neighborhoods. He says, look at the neighborhood Israel lives in, <laughs> surrounded by enemies uh, that have their missiles pointed towards them. So. 
We can be optimistic as far as the two Arab nations that signed that deal today. I hope that all works out. Hey, listen, we only have a few minutes left. There are a lot of different stories today that I just wanted to mention. In Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, Ohio uh, High School there suspended two of their high school football players for something that they did last Friday evening. They ran onto the field, these two players, with flags that support law officers, police officers. The school suspended them. That's what happened um, in the last few days. Now, the story says, and you'll find this story at onenewsnow.com and they are Associated Press. The story says that they had been told they couldn't bring those flags, those banners onto the field, but the kids did it. Now, what we did learn was these two boys, uh, their dads are our first responders. I think one's a police officer, one's a firefighter. And that night at that game, they were remembering 9-11. So you would think it was appropriate uh, for the kids to want to celebrate that, particularly kids whose dads are first responders. Well, when news of the suspension of these two boys broke, the community went ballistic. And as of this morning, a petition had been signed, 18,000 names. Now, that was around noon. By the time I got back from lunch, the suspension had been lifted of these two boys. Now, you can argue that these two boys were disobedient to, they had told their, their plan to the, to the high school principal, and he said, no, you can't do that. And, and I understand that. There is an element there that, that needs to be looked at. But at the same time, to suspend them for doing this, now, I don't know whether there are other players on the football team that might have had Black Lives Matter emblems, designs on their helmets, or something of that nature. One would have to wonder whether there would be a suspension for that. But these two, two boys are now, the suspension has been lifted. But in the first place, if you're, if you're remembering the 9-11 attacks, why would you object to some of the players bringing banners on the field to honor first responders? Uh, that's what I had difficulty with in that particular story. All right, uh, a couple of other stories of note today. This comes from Pennsylvania. Mail ballots can't be discarded over signature. Election authorities, now you remember we've been doing stories lately about the growing concern of election fraud based on these ballots going out by the millions. All right? So election officials telling counties in Pennsylvania that they're not allowed to reject a ballot solely because an election official believes a signature doesn't match the one in the voter's file. Now, you, you stop, you're an election official, and you get this ballot in, and the two signatures don't match at all. Now, I can tell you, if you're signing up for a loan at a bank or something like that, the signatures better match or you don't get the loan. The signatures that's on your driver's license or whatever the case may be. But they're being told by the, and I assume Democrat officials there in Pennsylvania, be telling these people who receive the ballots that they cannot, they cannot reject those ballots. Now, is there any wonder why there isn't concern 
why there is concern about election fraud. When you have election officials telling, uh, no, if the signature doesn't look the same, don't worry, just go ahead and accept it. Now, along the same line, down in Harris County, Texas today, they were given a warning by the Attorney General of the state of Texas, Ken Paxton. Here's what's happening there. Now, Houston, Texas, about 4 million people, mostly Democratic, Democratic area. Attorney General Ken Paxton today filed a friend-of-the-court letter brief of Texas Supreme Court urging the court to extend its order prohibiting Harris County Clerk Chris Hollins from sending out, listen to this, folks, more than 2 million unsolicited mail-in ballot applications to all registered Harris County voters, many of whom, the Attorney General says, do not qualify to vote by mail. They're just sending out 2 million ballots, willy-nilly, random, to 2 million registered voters in Harris County. Now that is just inviting trouble. As I say, is it any wonder why President Trump, Republicans, conservatives in general, are wondering if the Democrat plan is to win by hook or by crook? And this is why I think when we get to the night of November 3rd, is it any wonder why we've heard the Democrats have sent out lawyers to every district in the country? And they're going to challenge the results. You don't think there's potential for fraud in sending 2 million unsolicited mail-in ballots out in Harris County? And what could happen? Breaking the rules, apparently, according to Attorney Ken Paxton, on who is to get these ballots. So this is the kind of thing that you're going to see, I think you're going to see more of as we approach uh, election time. And it's the kind of thing that President Trump, the Republicans, are very concerned about, stealing an election. All right, it's been great to be with you this evening. Fred sitting for Brother Abe this evening. Always a joy. Great audience in the Hamilton Corner. More great programming ahead here at American Family Radio. And we, as always, urge you to go out and be a blessing to someone tonight and tomorrow. God bless, folks. We'll see you again soon. Bye-bye. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.